Hello and welcome to another episode of Project Spark. Now it's been an absolute stellar two months for us, and I'm super kicked to be finally putting the story out there of Kavita Arvind on our channel. Kavita Arvind is a design educator, a children's book illustrator, and many other roles that she plays. And more on that when you actually listen into the entire episode. I first met Kavita back in July 2022 when I had actually decided to join her winter batch of Juggle Club as part of another passion project that I really wanted to pursue of becoming a children's book illustrator. Now it was rather unfortunate that things got far too overwhelming for me as they always do and I had to hit the pause button and eventually drop out of the club. Project Spark obviously took precedence at that point in time and I don't regret it one bit. And moreover, I think I also pushed myself to the extent that I was not able to pick up the pen to even draw after a point. Now I've come to realize that if something does not necessarily flow naturally, maybe it's time for you to hit the pause button, go ahead and realign your priorities and revisit this at a later stage. And I'm genuinely hoping that that's going to be the case with my aspiration to become a children's book illustrator at some point in time. Now, to come back to what you can expect from this episode, listening to Kavita's journey has been an absolute eye-opener for me personally at several levels. How do you really sort of draw out that inner creative child in you who actually loved doodling on walls at at one point? When I see when I do this today, I crave to get back those days, but in fact Kavita delves deeper on why it's never too late to pick up that pen, pencil or a brush, whatever sort of gets you into that little rhythm to get drawing yet again. How design helps you bring your art and your story together and making sense of it. And more importantly, I think packaging it the right way and so much more. Now full disclaimer, this is a two episode series. By the time I finished editing this episode, it was a good 45 minutes and I finally convinced myself that it was okay for this conversation to go out there in its entirety. I haven't had the heart to cut out chunks. I never in fact do so and and I never will as well simply because these stories need to be out there in their true raw form. Project Spark will continue to be that platform that houses stories of people from all walks of life and help amplify their voices as well. You know, a design educator, the founder of Chidea Ord, an illustrator, the curator and the founder of Chuggle Club, Shy Peeps Make Art and so many other roles that you play, Kavita. It's so wonderful to be in your company today and thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Smriti. I am super chuffed to be doing this with you and congratulations on starting something that I know is very, very important to you. It's one of your passion projects and it's close to your heart. Um, I'm I'm super excited to be speaking to you today. I've always been an avid listener of podcasts, okay? Um, when I'm working, I'm listening to Heavyweight, The Amer- This American Life, Radio Lab, and I never expected I'd be on one. So uh, super excited to be speaking to you today. Yes, it is my passion project, and I'm so thrilled to be part, for you to be part of my passion project. Uh, I'm going to very quickly sort of, you know, start off by, you know, prompting a statement that I actually saw on your website. It actually says, and I read verbatim, uh, I teach little kids tucked away inside grown-ups to draw as fearlessly as they once did. Now, this sounds like a purpose statement to me. How did you arrive at this and why? So it's been a long time coming and I'm going to sort of dial back to answer this question, all right? Um, Mm -hmm. So I have many friends who are extremely creative, sensitive and compassionate Um, but they completely stopped drawing or being creative um, because, you know, early on in their childhoods, they had a terrible teacher who said, this this is absolutely crap and this doesn't look good at all. Um, There's a story actually closer to my heart. A friend of mine um, who loved sketching and who who had sketchbooks full of work Um, was interviewed for the same sort of alma mater that I went to NID and she was rejected in the interview and after that she never opened her sketchbooks again 
So wow. these sort of stories stayed with me forever. Um, I hear so much about people who identify themselves as they say, I'm, I'm just not the creative type. And I, I, I don't think that's true, Smriti. Um, I think we are all born creative and we are born with sort of great sensitivity to the world that we inhabit in and we have stories to tell. Along the way, we stop doing this because we've been rejected or we have immense fear of failure. Um, my own story is that I, I sort of was really good at drawing for the longest time. I won everything, every contest and every um, painting contest, debate, you name it in school, right? But as soon as I came to NID as a 17-year-old, um, I realized that I was actually just very average. Some of the best talents in the country were my peers and my seniors. And eventually I started believing that, you know, I, I'm probably not a maker. I'm not good with materials. I shouldn't be drawing. And um, it's only fairly recently, I think it's been two or three years that I've started to draw every day, experiment and paint and learn really, and slowly reclaim my own creative confidence. And this sort of helped me um, arrive at this sort of clear understanding that I wanted to enable others to do this as well. And there was another sort of moment which sort of um, helped me clarify what I wanted to do. So I did my master's fairly late in my life, in my 40s. Um, about four years back is when I did my master's, along with sort of juggling a full-time job. This was a master's in design in education. And it sort of allowed me to hit pause, um, study, deeply reflect on what gave me joy, what I was pursuing. Um, I was reading a lot of Jitu Krishnamurti. I was reading Tom and David Kelly's Creative Confidence, um, Anne-Marie Moore's Logic of Care. So this sort of helped me question what is it that, what does it mean to care deeply? What does right. it mean to be a good mentor? How do you guide mastery? Um, and how, what, what creates a classroom that is alive and living and um, full of debate and, uh, and allows people to question everything? Um, so Krishnamurti's work and his philosophy is something that I really resonate with. And there's right. um, a little quote that, you know, um, he says, if you're learning all the time, learning every minute, learning by watching and listening, learning by seeing and doing, then you will find that learning is a constant movement without the past. And this sticks with me. This is, this is something that I completely identify with. I think this is me. <laughs> um, so these are all sort of a very jumbled answer to the question that you're asking. Um, this is why I think it's important to work with people who are attempting to regain their own creative selves, who want to find that nurturing safe space where they can express themselves. Um, it's really important to me. And this is sort of the long story of how I arrived at doing what I do. One of the things that I've realized in Kavita, you know, we, we spoke about this earlier before I joined Chuggle as well, right? And just a little backstory of, of how that really happened was also mm -hmm. the fact that just about six months ago when I decided 
it's important for me to go back to color, go back to, you know, the pencil, go back to a compass to go ahead and draw that little mandala. I think, um, and also something that you said just a while, just a couple of days ago as well, right? The fact that it's okay for you to be creative in every way and every form that you can find. It's not yeah. about just the pencil. It's not just about the canvas. It's not about color, but every single uh, task that you do, it has a creative process to it, right? And it's it's just simply that. And if we acknowledge that, the very fact that all of us are creative uh, is something that everybody will realize uh, at Absolutely. some point, right? And I, and I think that's all that matters because the very fact that, you know, people who are in the arts field or in the humanities field are typically the creative ones, but the others really aren't, which is not true at all because everybody has to be creative enough to actually solve a problem, right? Or even address, yes. address whatever it is that they want to do ultimately. Creativity gets involved everywhere at a, any given point. So I, I completely agree with you on that. You know, and, and the other thing, just about a couple of days ago, I was at an art store and I saw this father and a daughter, right? And they were just sort of, you know, hanging around the store and the kid wanted to pick up something, uh, you know, pick up a bunch of color pencils. And the father kept telling her that, no, this is far too expensive. I won't be able to pick this up for you. And then over a period of time, the conversation escalated to the extent that he said that this is not meant for you. You know, you just mm. don't do anything, anything creative enough. Uh, you know, you're just going to waste these pencils. I can't be spending that kind of money for you at this point in time. And that really broke my heart, right? Because- Oh my God, I, yes. Exactly. Oh, it's I, and my heart too, just hearing you. Hearing, I can exactly. the two of them. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, when when that happened, that kid, you know, she just moved away and she moved to, to a more, uh, you know, to a more, I would say a more affordable option of those color pencils. And her dad said, why are you picking up the 24 colors, pick up the 12 uh, colored, you know, set, because that's enough for you. Right. And there you go, right. You've actually put that little kid in a box. Now I'm not saying that the father was wrong in doing that. I think he was just very sort of subconsciously doing it for whatever reason, I don't think he realizes the impact that it can have on that child ultimately, right? And I do believe that that is, that it's that moment and repeated occasions of that sort of a moment that sort of douses that fire in you of wanting to spark that little amount of creativity in you, right? Whatever little and whatever form it, it may be in. But Kavita, I do believe that with the kind of work that you're doing and the very fact that you spoke that this, it's all about me unleashing the creative aspect of people uh, and sort of regain their confidence about the fact that they're creative people as well. It is important to have that sort of a vehicle, right? And I, and I do believe that you're serving as that vehicle for sure for so many people today across all of the cohorts that you're working with. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to and I'm learning every single day. It, it's fun. What I do is absolute fun. It gives me great joy. Um, and which is why I'm, I'm here, you know, and sort of reflecting back on um, the story that you, I mean, not the story, the event that you sort of narrated, mm -hmm. I, I, I do see it from both points of view. The father's probably wondering, I mean, art, good art material does not come cheap, right? Yeah. And at yeah. the same time, I guess it's how he, perhaps he could have presented his argument in a different way. Um, and I hope that little girl perseveres with the 12 color pencil set and uh, yeah, and eventually is able to get the 24 set that she wants. When Kiyasha was growing up, my 13 year old, I remember um, I let her doodle all over the walls. There were absolutely no rules. Uh, in her room, every wall was a canvas and she had absolute freedom to draw on the walls. 
and and I think um, I'm not to say that every time she'd make a doodle, I'd sort of clap and say, oh my God, this is genius. It's just that the fact that she knew that she could draw anywhere, hopefully will help at some point. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yes. Now, you know, you, you called yourself a design educator just a while ago. Uh, why not an artist? What, what really is the difference? So Smriti, I think first and foremost, I think I'm an educator mm-hmm. and uh, next I'm a listener. Um, and I'm probably an artist at the very last. Um, I, I'll tell you why. I have been an educator for the longest time, uh, 20 plus years. And um, I'm the happiest in the classroom when I'm working with people across ages. And there is just so much give and take. I'm learning just as much as they are. And um, that's really my calling. And I've known this for a while. I'm an educator first. Um, As to the difference between art and design, I think art sort of looks at the world through a very inward lens, you know, it's deeply subjective. Whereas design um, sort of attempts to remain as unbiased, as unprejudiced and objective. And it's always about the other or the user. So that I think would be a difference, but there are so many overlaps. They're both intuitive. They're both very expressive mediums. They both attempt to look at something anew. They both seek to find plurality of perspectives. So there are so many overlaps between the two. Um, And I also think that I'm much more than an artist, Smriti, Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm constantly sort of seeking to restructure the juggle club I'm constantly thinking from the point of view of the learners and for the learner. Um, My curriculum is fluid. It's always flowing. I'm constantly taking in feedback. I'm trying to be objective and sensitive. Um, So it's not a fixed set in stone curriculum that I teach. So that I think is the designer in me more than um, where I'm attempting to really listen and connect very deeply. And I know it's only been a month and you've been a part of the Chogi Club, but I think you would have sensed by now that um, the course that I'm attempting to teach is not about skills. It's not about painting or making pretty pictures. It's really about finding one's own path to one's own uh, creative voice, um, to be able to sort of nurture our maker self, you know, something that we've forgotten, how easily we could make when we were children, right? You gave you a lump of clay and some flowers and a twig, and that would become something. That would be a protagonist in a story you wanted to tell. Um, So for me, it's about really helping, not just helping, for me as well, find the joy in telling stories, making time to learn and be curious, to really listen and look at the world anew. So this Somehow the, the label of an artist is, seems limiting, limiting, which is why yeah. I think I like to, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's such a narrow label, um, which is why I think more like a mentor, a guide, an educator seem to make sense, Mriti. That's, that's fair. You know, in fact, what I've observed that I think Kavita, your curriculum is such that it actually brings together art it brings design and it actually brings in the aspect of 
how you can actually tell a story from the perspective of a reader, right? Or what the reader is going to really see. Ultimately, that's what yes. the maker is doing this for. Yes, on one hand, we are making this for the sake of making it because it makes me happy. But if I were to sell it over a period of time, I think what also really happens is that you will have to look at it from the perspective of the, view, of the viewer ultimately, right? And that's that's pretty much how you know we look at it. If I were to match that sort of a principle to com- the communications field, that's exactly what we do. While I do what I love ultimately as a brand, what becomes critical is I need to tell the story in such a way that it makes sense for everybody so that they know what I'm all about, right? I think that's that's really how I've understood it at least in the last one month and how you've been able to bring these three things together in a lot of ways. Yes, absolutely. In fact, my um, undergrad degree was in film and video communication, right. and communication design, um, as was my core. And uh, when even when I'm looking at uh, a graphic novel, let's say, or I'm looking at a children's picture book, or I'm looking at a composition, it's learnings from cinema that we're also bringing in. We're looking at um, what does a composition tell you? How do you use a frame? What's a layout telling you? So there's so much to draw from, right? From the field of communication design. What is Correct. it? You, you've nailed it on the head, absolutely. It's not just show, it, common idea, misconception, I think people have is they think that illustrating for a children's picture book is just showing up and making cutesy pictures. It is not. You're collaborating. You're working with a publisher, an art director. You're working with a graphic designer, even the writer. There are so many visions here that you're responsible for and your own creative vision, right? So it's definitely not so much as showing up and uh, genius sort of presenting itself because you're so talented. It's work. It's iterative and I think that's where a design background really helps um, sort of um, give this give this more of a, a wholesome shape yeah in, in a lot of ways also method to the madness right because when you get into the groove and you are drawing and you're creating so to speak and making what really happens is you do tend to get carried away so how do you sort of bring it all together and ultimately what that end product is going to look like I think design would probably just help put it all together in that in in that way does that make sense is, is that fair just to oh, assume oh yes like in the right. back end um design is so sort of structure there's so many tools and methods you use to sort of organize vast data right it really helps me in curriculum design it really helps me so when you see me teaching you're probably seeing like you see the duck above water, right? All calm, the swan, but you're not yeah. seeing me paddle furiously. <laughs> Absolutely. Underwater is not what you're seeing. Um, and that's the curriculum design aspect of it, uh, which which sort of, I, the attempt is to make each session flow seamlessly. And yeah, that's, that's where I think design plays uh, an extremely important role. Right. So now I'm going I'm to take a quick step back and I'll tell you the reason why you're so passionate about design. You're so passionate about the fact that you you would want to be that vehicle to sort of un, unleash, uh, you know, the creative side of, of people, right, who who are in, ingrained or rather who are meant to do whatever, whatever it is that they're meant to do from a, you know, from an art and design perspective, right? But I, I'd really love to know what your little backstory is, uh, you know, Kavita, where did your love for art, design and even color uh, begin at the first place? What served as that little spark for you? So I was, um, Smriti, I, I was born in Calcutta. Amma and Appa were both bankers. So our mm-hmm. we constantly sort of moved uh, states. 
So I grew up in Calcutta and, um, and then of course the rest of my sort of education and schooling was in all in Bombay. Right. Um, but um, uh, even though Aman and Appa were bankers, I think they were both extremely creative people. Um, Appa drew a lot. Whenever he had free time, he would draw and paint. Uh, he also bought so many books on art for me, um, expensive books, which I still have, um, introducing me to um, so many artists from the Renaissance uh, period. And right. Amma uh, crochets and knits, she does beadwork, and she's got this very interesting color palette. It's the, I call it the color palette of thrift. You know, which is she does. She never goes and buys expensive yarn. She uses all the yarn that's left behind, and she creates these masterpieces, right? So obviously, there is there's been an atmosphere of making at home and really yeah. making do with limited resources, which I also think is a is a trait for creativity. Smriti, I would sort of walk. Ma would take me to a Saturday drawing class in Calcutta. Mm -hmm. In retrospect, now I was I was also mentioning this to you. I I see how terrible that drawing teacher was. He would draw one thing. Let's say he would draw draw crow. Now we right. had to draw fifty crows exactly like the way he drew it. But I loved art enough to sort of continue to engage with it. When I came to Bombay, I I was part of this really modest, sweet little girls' school run by um, it was it was sort of almost semi convent sort of situation. And mm. my art teacher, um, she was very encouraging, but in full disclosure, she was only nice to the kids who were good at art. And she right. was terrible to those who were not good at art. So a lesson there for me on how, what kind of a teacher I should or shouldn't be. So all of this, uh, and interestingly, the very first course that I taught at NID, when I went back to teach, was a course in color. Um, NID is actually the place that um, really opened me to this whole world of looking at things differently and having things to say and really feeling for things and to sort of understand what to do with this sort of passion inside me, right? That, that was mm. all, all credit to the National Institute of Design where we met as 17-year-olds but suddenly realized that there was so much more to a logo than just sort of black and white. There was so much more to a documentary film than just shooting something. And uh, so, so I guess all of this sort of um, led to, it was not really a spark, Smriti, mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. like this sort of ember that never went ember. out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. And I think it just sort of escalated over a period of time. So I all in good stride, I hope, yes. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, I've managed to keep the ember alive um, because I think every interaction, every conversation, um, any film that I see, any book that I read, or just about anything, it's been right. like a little puff of oxygen for that <laughs> ember. And yeah, I'm listening, and I'm and I'm yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm learning every right. single day. Now, to keep that ember alive, obviously, you know, it, it needs to involve a routine, right? And so what's your, what's your art practice like on a daily basis? Uh, so, so, Smriti, there are so many arms to the art practice, right? Um, when you're, it's more than an art practice, really. I'm a creative entrepreneur. So right. besides making the art, which involves learning, experimenting, playing with new mediums and sort of sketchbooking, 
uh, showing up even on the days when you don't feel like drawing, but just showing up in front of that blank sketchbook and doodling. There are so many other things. There's a business side to it as well. I, I run my own website. Uh, so there are orders that come in for prints or original artworks. I, and, and, I'm a, and I'm a sole entrepreneur. So there's, there's no team here. There's packing to be done, uh, pickups to be scheduled. There's um, constant emails with clients, updates on um, deliveries, updates on commissions. So there's a business side to the art practice. There's also an education side to it where I'm reworking curriculum, I'm, I'm creating demonstration videos, uh, recording tutorials, um, the, I'm creating and designing playbooks. I'm, um, there's one-on-one -on -one sessions or feedback sessions with students. So there's that arm as well. And then finally, of course, there's promotions. You know, you're creating content, right. you're managing your own social media. So it's like this, it's like a hydra. It's like this thing with many tentacly arms. Yeah. Um, so many tentacles to it. The art practice is sort of the easier part of this. I was just going to say, yes. <laughs> yeah, where you're just trying to draw and learn um, and, and you're having fun, which is, which is, which is easier. So this is, yeah. So it's like so much going on. So right. much beyond just, just creating a, creating an artwork. And then, you know, no one's going to turn up and say, Hey, I want that artwork. I mean, there's so much more behind this. So there's also the packaging that, that gets, uh, you know, uh, that gets into the picture, right? What do you as a personal brand, how would you want to be showcased out there? And also how does your work get packaged, right? I think it, it's, it's more than just just art. I think it's more about displaying that passion, that passion that that sort of lies within you, and how do you sort of bring that alive, and how you share that with other people, right? I think that's what's very important.